understanding training, reasons for training, a little bit of science, hopefully a lot of motivation. That is what we are here to bring you in this four-stroke, five-part series under the title of Understanding Training. We hope over the next four shows, no matter if you're a current athlete with us or with another training setup, you're new to our system or to another training setup. Yes, we love all people equally. We want to try and help people understand their training a lot better, not just a bit better, a lot better. Over the coming four to five shows, which we will try to keep under 20 minutes for the introduction, we will educate you around all things that we believe will help you to understand your training better and therefore become a better, stronger, fitter, faster, and hopefully more fulfilled athlete. I'm joined by Tom Walker, head of endurance at Inner Fight Endurance. Tom. Hello. This is your show, but apparently I'm hosting it. And <laughs> performance coach extraordinaire, Rob Foster. Hello. This is not your show, you're a guest, welcome. Thank you. Today we're talking all about race, compete, and complete. Who wants to kick off with what this is all about, Tom? Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, good, welcome to the show. This is really important to understand for you as athletes, because if you know what your priorities are within which category you fall into, it makes your life so much easier. So we're going to go through in this episode what the different categories are, which we've already said, race, compete, complete, what they mean, how we define them, and how you should look at your training with your coach alongside that. Rob Foster, you have put quite a lot of this together. Anything else to add into the intro there? Yeah, go on then. I think it's important to look at it because there's a lot of our sessions are community-based and this is this main topic is from the questions asked about our sessions and our community sessions and how individuals can get their individual training benefits within a community session. And that's why I think it's important to define these three different training stat well, training categories and how that relates and how it's applicable to your, your training. What is super important to understand at the start is that just because you might come under one of these categories right now, it doesn't mean that you are in it forever. It's very important that we define what phase of training you're in. And just because you might be, or what phase of athlete and what your real reason for training is, whether it's to complete, whether it's to race, or whether it's to compete in that race, these things might change. Everyone is now totally confused about the introduction. So we're gonna break it down into what does it mean to train to race? Tom, if you want to kick that off. Yeah, racing could also be seen probably more as the professional standpoint. So racing, making sure that you're up in the, on the podium, more or less. Uh, for some people who are professional and make their money from the sport, this would be the category that those guys are in. But you're also going to be having, you can do races that you're obviously not earning prize money for. And so therefore you would have amateur athletes in this. I think we over the years, maybe have had two or three people in this category with, within the fight endurance. Um, an example that comes straight to my mind would be um, Seb, who was with us, who was competing for a place at the Olympics. Um, and that was to race. He was a professional athlete racing for it. There, there aren't many people here. It's such a tough place to be, and you're going to find out why. So when we go through the, the reasons of when you're racing, what the emphasis are, and you think, wow, that sounds really hard. It's because 
it is. It's a full-time job and it's when you're right at the pointy end of, of being an athlete. Moving on to compete, where I would say a lot of people might fall. Rob? Yeah, so over the three categories, say triathlon, running and cycling, for you're looking at age group qualification for triathlon and cycling. Um, so if you've got a spin, you can qualify for the world champs and you can go there and compete in the top if you've got to be like top five or 115 percent of the the fastest finisher time so that's somebody who is a little bit more serious about their training wants to do a little bit better so it can get in the age group and podium um and same with cycling and if you're a runner you want to get to it's it's a little bit more tentative because of the different like disciplines within the running so if you're looking for a marathon runner that's like a 245 or sub three would be uh, a competitor and then the final category, which is still loaded, and I think a lot of people should put themselves in this category because when a lot of people start out, and we're going to talk a little bit more, as Tom said, about the specifics for each category, but the complete category is people that are essentially looking to use sport, endurance sports specifically in this case, to enhance let's say, the quality of their life. It might be a hobby. It might be their fitness pursuit. We're going to talk about how much time each category would take on a weekly basis. But the structure of things is similar. However, some of the expectations are perhaps a little bit more, I would call, flexible in the fact that in this category, lots of things will take priority over training where it's for Tom's category that he spoke about the racing category that would be your number one priority in life that doesn't mean that your training is any easier that doesn't mean that you can skip sessions or just be weak generally but it means that the approach to programming and the way that you are coached is slightly different and what we're trying to do in the initial stages is fit your training and your love for the sport or your pursuit around your life. And I think if we flip it to the racing, the racing is your life and everything else fits in around it. So let's move on to what that might look like, getting a little bit more specific, Tom, on a how would sessions be structured? What would the sort of daily expectations be and all of those things? Yeah. So we'll start with daily across the the three categories we've named and I'll start with complete and compete first because the daily emphasis is to work to your best ability to hit the session that's in your plan. Um, That doesn't matter whether you are in the category of completing or competing, it's what can you do on that day based around your life. We have to take in consideration of recovery capabilities as well. And so if you've got a very busy job, you've got a very busy family life, then your session that day might be shorter if you're in the complete category than the compete. However, you're, you're working, as you just said, mate, you're working based on what you can do, not on what you need to do. If you're looking at racing, then the daily emphasis is the detail of the session. It's making sure that the day is set up to complement the training and that your recovery, your food and the timings of things you do around your training is really dialed in. So that probably helps a lot of people to put themselves into a category right now because you know if you can't do what's taken to be in the race category, then you're either in compete or complete. If we move on to weekly, Within the complete category, we would aim for the, the athlete to be achieving over 80% of what is in for their plan. 
Um, and if not achieved, a bigger emphasis is placed on why it's not being achie- achieved and then adjusting the plan to that. Similarly, with compete category, we're looking for around 90% of the session uh, of, within your week. And if it's not achieved, a bigger emphasis placed on why not and adjusting the plan as well. So again, two very similar considerations there. However, we would expect someone who's trying to compete, so wants to be in that either competing with themselves to beat a time in the past or competing within an age group level, there needs to be some accountability or a little bit more accountability to getting the sessions done in their week. Now, if we're looking at the weekly consideration for someone in the race category, we're looking to their key sessions are hit and the supplementary sessions have done what they're supposed to do. And we do that by looking at load, stress and strain parameters and what's going on and continually monitoring those and making sure they're going in the right direction. If they're not going in the right direction within the race category, we go back to the daily and we look at what's happening with the recovery, with the food and the timings of the sessions. When we look at a monthly uh, emphasis within the complete category, this is where it gets a little bit different to the compete. Within the complete, we're looking how is confidence of that person working towards the event that they're doing, whether it be a race or a challenge. And what can we do to lower life stress and increase the enjoyment of training and consistency? Because ultimately, if you can get a little bit more enjoyment with consistency, then confidence will start to trend upwards. Um, And that could mean completely turning the plan on its head from what you set out to do at the start of the month. And that's absolutely fine because this person is in this for the challenge, for the, um, for the, the task of getting themselves to the finish line or yeah, to, to their goal that they've set out to do. Within Compete, we do look at fitness and fatigue metrics and making sure that they're aligned with the training stimulus. So if you are competing, you probably have quite a competitive, um, you know, competitive capability to push yourself, in which case we not, might not be able to tell how you're doing purely through your confidence. So we look at it more from a numbers standpoint and align that into your maybe more of what you're saying with your confidence or how you're feeling training is going. We also look at big picture and we view it around life stress and how that is impacting your fitness recovery um, to plan for the following month. And and if a big life stress event is coming up or stuff started to get on top of you, then we need to adjust for the next month um, and not just completely say, okay, let's crack on. And, you know, you have to deal with what's going on because you've you've entered this. Um, We don't want to be doing that. However, in the race category, that's what we would be looking at. So we're, we're looking at fitness and fatigue metrics and is it being aligned with the training stimulus? And because you're racing, the goals are based on race demands and have they, are you doing what's in the, the training plan, which has been set around what the race, race demands will have? And if things are getting in the way of that, then basically the, the hard talk is, right, what are we doing to cut those things off? That's why people who are in the race category are professionals. For most of our guys who are in the compete and complete categories, the competing guys, they need to look at what's going on with life stress and we need to see how we can best adjust the plan for that. And in the complete category, we need to look at, are you being, are you confident in what you're doing? Are you enjoying in what you're doing? And is that going to bring you consistency? And those, those sort of different approaches are super key to ensure that no matter what category you fall into, we're always trending your, not only your satisfaction in the first category we speak about there the complete 
satisfaction is, is number one, all the way through to your actual metrics when you're in the racing category are always going upwards by constantly re reviewing your program, which is a lot different to a gener generic off-the-shelf program. One of the major benefits of personalized coaching. When it moves into the session emphasis, Rob, talk to us a little bit about the, how things would differ for perhaps a triathlete, a runner, and also a cyclist. So when you look at the sessions and then you look at what the objective is, as Tom just alluded to, your session, if you're a competitor and a racer possibly, um, are, is this fitting the bill to help me get towards my goal and be the best? So you need to look, the specificity of the training is, becomes so much more finite. If you look at, say, a cyclist, again, it's, it's all numbers based. And then you, if you go down to the complete, it becomes more of a, what's important within that session is usually the completion of it. So are you getting the session completed? Is the time getting done? And instead of, say, a metric of minutes per K or how many watts you're holding, it's how much time you're doing within a certain tempo zone. Uh, if you look at, okay, let's, let's, let's use a, a tempo session for an example and how it, how it might vary from person to person. If you get a racer who's going into a tempo session, there's going to be a lot less variability within the like specifics of what they have to hit. So if you've got a, a session of a five-by-five-minute session at tempo, so for a racer who's a runner, that might look like a, a three-minute 15 per K, and they've got a, a leniency of like one second either side of that. As you go towards the complete athlete, then that might be just run at tempo, and that should feel like a 7 out of 10. So you dial that in a little bit more. In the, when we start to look at it as a, a coach, and we look at what are like the metrics from that, we start to get a little bit more specific about what is actually happening within the effort for the race and the compete, uh, complete. Sorry. So you look at the, the cadence and how it holds up through the effort. If they're managing their pace well, if they're recovering well, and if their heart rate's dropping to a similar similar level each time and then for the complete person for the complete athlete it's more is that yeah is that consistency of effort there does it feel like a seven town each time and are you feeling better each time if you look at the how that progresses between a race compete and complete you'd find that the racer improves over say a, a longer period of time so in a four week space the complete athlete will improve a lot better if they hit these metrics and hit these like parameters of seven out of 10, because the margin for gain is so much more. So you'll find that it speeds up a lot. So it's really good to see. Um, and there's, there's benefits in both of those. The, the racer will be more driven to improve consistently over a year, whereas the complete will be more driven to improve over say uh, a month period, a two month period towards their event. What do you say, mate, from what you're, from what you're suggesting there, that if we're in a racing category and also compete category, the sort of target is more driven towards in cycling and FTP, in running an actual target pace split during that run. Whereas for the complete athlete, we're actually, because we're taking into consideration a lot more, shall we say, like Tom said, life factors and life stresses that we're keener at the start to work more off a rate of perceived exertion completing the session and how much of that time during the session we actually hit what we were what we were trying to hit yeah absolutely um when we look at it when we say define uh the threshold session today we had on on, <laughs> on walk wednesday can we not talk about that <laughs> 
But somebody might give them a 10% leniency in the watts that they want to hit yeah. if they have watts. But if they don't have watts, then it's, it should feel like a threshold effort. Whereas, say, for Tom, who's building up to a, his first crit race, you might want to look... <laughs> when is this? This is theoretically. <laughs> yeah. The leniency and the heart rate variability within that is, is so much more specific. And if he doesn't hit those numbers, it's, n- it's not a completed session. Right. It's not an effective session, which is what we're... I think the feedback from the coach should also reflect that as well. So, for example, this morning session, um, I had one athlete who is he wants to compete and he he missed three of the blocks and he nailed the last two. And I was like, you know, cool, you you hit the last two, but I kind of would expect that. Um, however, you've did you've put done pretty bad on the first three. Let's find out why. I had another athlete who just enjoys riding on a Wednesday morning and he didn't hit, I think he was like five or 6% under each block, but it was like, mate, well done. You showed up 6am, you got it done. Hope you enjoyed being in the Zoom room with the guys and yeah, good job for smashing yourself because he was like, yeah, this felt hard. I'm like, no worries. Like, don't worry about your numbers. What you're saying is is great. You've worked hard and that's what we want. If it was a, a race person, like for example, looking at say Skinny's data, um, and we're watching, we're looking at heart rate drift, we're looking at variability index, we're looking at so much more because of the detail matters a lot more. And the, on the feedback that you're getting will reflect that as well. Absolutely. If we continue with examples, because I think it's, we've spoken quite theoretically and very formally as well about these different categories and what to expect from each. Applying it into our community, you've just given a great example there, Tom, for, for, for the cycling session that we do every week that could be applied to pretty much any indoor cycling session i think outdoor because the variables are are a lot more it wouldn't apply but if we go outdoor on a for example a track tuesday session rob where we have everyone running the same session at the same time on the track how do we put it together there that's the interesting one isn't it again it's it's the parameters of, of success and what what hits the brief so if Again, let's go ten. Let's go ten times eight hundred meters with four hundred meter Rico. It's a big session, mm. but let's just go in theory here. And we've got all. We have eighty people turn up to track who are all doing the same session, and they're all they're across a breadth of that compete, complete, and uh, race. Mm. So, in terms of how we fit that into the session, it's because we're all running the same thing. It's again, it's the it's the analysis afterwards about how they hit the actual session, did they get through it? Did they drop off? Did they drop off from group five to group seven? For a completer, that's fine. That's absolutely fine because you tried hard and you got through the session and you it like actually completed it, right? So just to jump in there, mate, we'd much rather see someone, if they're in group, it, it actually doesn't matter, you use group five to group six, but even if you're in group two and by hanging on to the pace that's been set, you're going to get to a point where you actually have to physically stop the session you don't want them to do that. You'd rather them pull up a little bit early, drop down to group three and go from, for example, 345 pace for a 400 down to a four minute pace for the 400 and be able to complete the 10 400s rather than getting to the fourth one at 345, then hitting the fifth one, then dropping off on the sixth one. And by the seventh one, we're running at 530 pace. That's right. what we're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Dropping back a yep. couple like making the call earlier and being honest with yourself is 100% the best way to go. Which is why you'll see at track sometimes a coach saying to an athlete, now's the time to drop back. And an athlete will actually often go, I'm still okay. Because yes, you're not yet 
absolutely over the edge of the cliff. We've sort of got you on the edge of the cliff and we're trying to pull you back so that you can now complete, in this example, the 10 working sets at a decent pace rather than just do six of them and then have to walk for the remaining four. Yeah, exactly. When we take it into ultra, because Rob Jones will be upset if we don't talk about that, especially seeing as he is the co-host of this show, the application is actually slightly different. And if I was going to do a deep dive, which we won't do today, into ultra, I think these categories go from almost from three to two in that we're trying to get people either to race or to complete because there's not really a massive benchmark in an ultra for that age group category. We're either sort of heading towards the top end where we want to put people on the podium or we're trying to get them to complete to the best of their ability, which is very hard to measure. I actually got it with one ultra runner at the moment who wants a predicted time for an event, which is a five-day, 250K race across a desert. I'll give him one, but it'll be very, very sort of negotiable based on the conditions because anything can literally happen. The third night, it could be a complete sandstorm. No one sleeps the whole night and then everything goes out the window. But the way that the human mind works is that when we have a target in mind, it works a little bit better. So in ultra, it's a little bit of a different approach. And often for those who are in the complete and a little bit into the compete category, we move a lot more to feeling and fulfillment of the run and of the event because it's so much different from a 5k race or a olympic distance triathlon so that's how we look at it on at a community level for those three different areas i think one thing guys from from listening to you and from sort of the work that we've done on this if people are in doubt the first and it's similar to what we said on the track there we should be scaling back to go faster forward would that make sense so if we scaled things back a little bit if you started off and you thought you were going to be a professional triathlete and you thought you had 20 hours a week let's see if we can just bring you into the compete category to start with and prove your worth there and then you will go faster forward you might be able to do it but we get a lot of people coming in and saying that they've got 15 hours a week to train because that's kind of how they think they have it. And then they forget that they have a full-time job, 17 children and 23 cats. <laughs> yeah. I think the other consistent thing here across the three sessions is that is what we're talking about, which is the community sessions. And I think from a, if you're in the complete category, the community holds you accountable to showing up and spending time with others and learning a lot from running with the community. Competing you might be using that community as a bit of motivation. It might give you a bit of a push not to show up because you, you'd show up anyway, but it gives you a push to hit the numbers that have been set out for you. And it, and it helps you to, to keep structure in your, in your week, knowing that people are going to be there. So it's also some accountability, but it's also a push. If you're in the race category, then it's definitely you're racing as part of a group for that push because you're going to have, you're going to be self-motivated. You're going to, you probably would be doing the sessions even if no one else was around and you'd probably be aiming to hit those times on your watch even if no one else is around. So you're using people around you to really push and race you, which is why we have the pacing groups at track and, and why that we've seen such a, a big sort of rise in people running faster at track because they're putting into pace groups and they're being pushed when they're running hard, which is difficult to do when you are on your own. So the, the community is there as a different source of I'd say like energy to different categories that you're in. And I think that's super important to 
in a selfish way to leverage to your own benefit whilst not getting too caught up in it. It might be that one week you're able to run with a certain person or run away from a certain person because you've just had a absolutely fantastic week. Life stress is low. You're in the complete category. Life stress is low and everything's kind of working. But the next week and that the athlete who could be a compete athlete is just on a, a, on a relaxed week. Whereas the next week they're fully charged up. They've had a week of sort of deload and they're ready to go. And they're not even in the same group as you. And that completely doesn't matter at all because we're, we're talking about people that have completely different goals. But when you have community sessions, there's always a little bit of friendly fire anyway. That's the nice thing about it though, isn't it? Absolutely. I think going back to what you said, Marcus, is that if you think of the, this whole complete competing race as a, as a pyramid, right? But the only way to get into that pyramid is to go from the bottom. Yes. You can't step in at the top. It just yes. doesn't work like that. There's yeah. too much to learn on the way up, Yeah, which means that no matter who you are, you need to go through that complete first. 100%. To figure out where you are and how you're going to get there. And then all the, all, also the, the training methods and then the specificity. So you take a little magnifying glass and just as you start to slide up that scale, yeah. the magnifying glass gets bigger. Yeah. So everything comes into focus and you really need to take care of everything else. And if you think of it like that, it makes sense. And from a life standpoint, because as Tom rightly said at the top of the show, we have a very small number of people who are actually getting paid for this stuff, probably zero on our books at the moment, starting on that complete level where we're actually focusing more on how this sport and this endeavor fits into your lifestyle, also taking into consideration your family and your job will sort of pave the way for a brighter, stronger and happier future you set up 100% achievable and sustainable practices as opposed to just flash and dash. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Gentlemen, episode one, race, compete, complete. Folks, stay tuned. We've got a little bit more to talk to you about under, under the title of Understanding Training in the coming episodes. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening.